So I'm excited to jump into this message. And the, the title, I changed it yesterday. I initially was going to talk about two different red flags. I was going to talk about selfishness and lying. So I was going to call it the selfish liar. And then about eh, halfway through the day yesterday, the Lord said, nah, man, you really need to focus on this lying thing. And I was like, okay, Lord Jesus, okay, let's do this. And so today the title of the message is simply the red flag of lying, of lying. Come on, this is a very, uh, very tough message because I think it's something that we all deal with. But let me start out uh, with a little story. I put it in this video if you saw it on social media. One of my favorite movies, especially near the Christmas time, is Elf. Has anybody seen the movie Elf? Come on, if you love the movie Elf, wave your hands like you just don't care. Come on now. Yes, all right, so I'm talking to the right people here today. I love that movie. It is hilarious, and it's just such a wholesome, funny, kind of silly movie, and a really weird concept, but I think it's great. And so there's, at one point, uh, Buddy the Elf. If you haven't seen the movie, let me set the scene for you a little bit. Uh, Buddy the Elf was, is a human who was adopted basically at the North Pole. He was raised by the elves and Santa Claus, okay? And he wants to go, he eventually finds out he was adopted because he is massive in comparison to the elves and he's not very good at making toys. And so he goes back to try to find his dad. He tries to go back to find his family. He ends up going to a department store and he's you know, kind of trying to work there or whatever and basically he's in this department store and then Santa Claus is there. He knows Santa Claus. He was raised with Santa Claus. And so Santa is there. Santa, I know him. It's amazing. So we're having Christmas in October, guys. Come on now. Like, let's just have it, all right? I'm already ready. It's starting to get cold. Like, let's just go, let's just go on with it, okay? Uh, and so he goes into this department store, and he sees Santa. And he goes up to him, and he quickly realizes this is not Santa Claus, this man is an imposter. And he looks at him and he says, you disgust me. And then he says this line right here. This is my favorite line that he says. He says, you sit on a throne of lies. <laughs> you smell like... Yeah, exactly. It's a great line. Oh, my gosh. It's such a quotable movie, but you sit on a throne of lies. And Buddy's upset because this Santa is not the real Santa Claus. And what I want to ask you is, how many of you have maybe ever gotten into a relationship before with somebody. And then at some point you realize that they were not who they said that they were. They were counterfeit. Mm -mm. They said they were one thing, they talked one way, but then they acted another way. Maybe they said they wanted kids, but then you find out later that they really don't. I don't know how this happens, but I've heard of couples that have been together seven, there was one couple seven years into marriage, and then they find out that the other person doesn't want kids and this person does. How do you go seven years of marriage without having that conversation? But here's the deal. Maybe one of them said at one point, hey, I do. And then they're like, well, actually, I just said that so that we could get together. Oh, my goodness. They said they don't have any debt, but then you find 10 maxed out Discover, Capital One, you know, like name them, credit cards. They said they love God, but they don't really ever go to church. You don't really ever see them praying or reading their Bible. Maybe they're in church, but they're not really active in it. And you're like, did you really even want to be here? And it seems like they're just putting on a show and they're lying. They're not really who they say that they are. Maybe they said that they loved you, but their actions screamed otherwise. And that's a really tough pill to swallow there. Here's the problem with lying, y'all, is that lying destroys trust. And without trust, there can be no relationship. 
Trust is the fabric by which we build our relationships. Can I get an amen from somebody? Come on. You have to be able to trust your significant other. If you cannot trust them and if they have broken your trust time and time again by not being a man or woman of their word or by lying about certain things, it is going to be very, very difficult to recover in that relationship. Psalm 101.7 says, no one who practices deceit shall dwell in my house. No one who utters lies shall continue before my eyes. In other words, they gone. Uh, that's basically what that, literally, that's what that's saying right here. No one who practices deceit lying shall dwell in my house. If you are lying, you can get right on out of my house. It's basically what David is saying here. They are gone. Why is that? He understands because it's hard to keep somebody around in your life who lies. Because you never know if they're being truthful or not. You never know what the motive is behind what it is that they're saying. Is this what you really think? Do you honestly think this right now, or are you just saying this to make me happy? Or are you just saying this so that you won't get in trouble? Are you uh, trying to make yourself look better? Is that why you're saying this? And every single thing that they say, you will second guess, and you will never have that trust, and you can only get to a certain level of intimacy because you'll never be able to break down that wall because they have proven to be a liar. Relationships are built on trust. And if that's the truth, and the opposite of, of being a liar is being a truth teller, right? But, but why is it so hard to tell the truth? Why is it so hard? It seems like it should be fairly easy just to tell the truth. Uh, but we lie about things that don't even matter. Like, that's the weird thing. How many, how many of y'all just lied about something that doesn't even make sense? Like, why did I tell that lie? I don't even understand why I told that lie. It makes no sense whatsoever. Uh, my wife is, is, is at home and the streaming isn't working right now, so I feel like I have liberty to tell a little story with you guys, but that's okay. So I'm gonna tell you something I did last week, and I know y'all gonna be texting her after this if you got her number, y'all be texting her. But uh, so I'm gonna tell you about, a, a, I hate to say it, but even as your pastor, okay, every once in a while, I find myself lying about some dumb stuff that doesn't even matter. Like, why did I even do that? And I have to go back and apologize for it. So um, I don't really lie about big things, okay? But those little white lies sometimes, man, they will get you, right? And so uh, something that I struggle with is, is uh, late night snacking, okay? I love to eat snacks late. And sometimes it's just because, I mean, you gotta get an amen, come on now. And sometimes it's just because I didn't eat enough for dinner, but sometimes I didn't eat enough for dinner because maybe that wasn't my favorite dinner that was cooked. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know what, I'm sorry, okay? <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, every once in a while, if it's not my favorite one, and, and, and y'all are going to, Lindsay's going to get me later for this. She knows I do it too, so it's okay. Every once in a while, if it's not my favorite dinner, tell me, man, if you do this, okay? You eat a little bit less because you don't like it, and you know that, because you know you're going to just go get something else later. <laughs> you know you're going to go heat up something else later. You know what I'm talking about. And so that's what I did this one night last week. I ate a little bit less because it has peas in it. I don't like peas. I just hate peas. Ugh, I hate even saying it, peas. Ugh. And so I don't like the peas. And so I ate a little bit less, fully expecting I was going to go eat something else later. Uh, didn't tell Lindsay, of course. And uh, she gets on to me because late night snacking, you know, it's not good for you. Like it, it, it's really bad for your health. It, you know, you gain weight a lot easier when you eat at 11 p.m. Of course, it's not good for you. And, uh, and usually when you eat at 11 p.m., you're not eating the best of things either, okay? Let's just be honest. And so uh, I didn't eat as much, and then we were already getting ready for bed. 
I think I'd already brushed my teeth and everything. So at that point, it's like, all right, no more food. And so, uh, but I was real hungry, y'all. My tummy's growling. I'm like, yo, I gotta get some food. And so I go out and I'm like, I open this little drawer and then I get these, you know those little hostess donuts? You know what I'm talking about? Those little, those little chocolate hostess donuts. So easy just to like late night snack on, okay? And so I grab a couple hostess donuts. But the problem is, is our wall to our bedroom is right up against the kitchen. So Lindsay can hear everything, all right? I was cooking breakfast two days ago and she's like, what's all the banging? And I was like, I'm making you breakfast. And she was like, well, quit it. <laughs> it's, it's so annoying. Like, I'm trying to sleep here. Like, I'm, you know, a six month old that's waking me up and now you're waking me up. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm just trying to cook you eggs, you know? Relationships, they're great, right? And so anyway, um, <clears throat> so she hears something out there. And then uh, I go back into the room after I had, you know, snacked on a few of those little hostess donuts. It felt great, right? And so I go back in and she's like, what was, what was all that banging out there? And I said, uh, nothing. <laughs> nothing. I don't know what you're talking about. And she was like, oh, okay. All right. And I was like, yo, that was easy. All right, cool. Got away with that one. Uh, all right. So anyway, I went back out. I had to get some water and I came back in and I was like, I was eating donuts, and she was like, really, Trev? And I was like, I'm sorry, I had to eat the donuts. And she's like, you know you're not supposed to be doing that. We talked about this, we're not eating late at night, we eat the dinner, and I knew that you weren't eating the peas because you wanted to eat something later. It was hilarious, y'all, and, and it was totally my fault. But I told that little lie, and it's like, why did I even do that? Like, why, what is the point of that? It means literally nothing. And yet, those are the kinds of lies that we tell all of the time, if we can be honest with ourselves. Um, even people from the Bible, they lied on a regular basis. I don't think that we realize how many lies are throughout the Bible. Not that the Bible is lying, but that people in the Bible are flawed and they are lying on a regular basis. People that God used in mighty ways lied. Isn't it incredible? There's a story in the book of Joshua about Rahab. Rahab the prostitute is actually what she's known as, right? Uh, she was a Canaanite woman. She was not a woman of God, all right? And uh, Joshua sends a few spies out, and she actually houses the spies in her home. She's housing the men of God in her home, which would have been a very bad thing for her to do for her people because they despised the Israelites, all right? So the officials come and knocking on her door, and they say, hey, where are those spies? Oh, we know that they're here. And she said, no, I don't know what you're talking about. They're already gone. Like, they're already out of here. And so they move on. And full well, she knew that they were in her home on top of her roof. She lied about those spies being at her house. But actually in the New Testament, you see a few times in Scripture, in the book of James and one other place, where she's actually commended, not necessarily for the lie, but she's commended for housing those spies and helping God's people, even though she wasn't a part of God's community. Isn't that interesting? David, this is a really funny story if you've ever read this one. David lied on multiple occasions, okay? And yet he was known as a man after God's own heart. Isn't that kind of weird? One of my, <laughs> I say favorite, one of my favorite lies that David did was when he was on the run. He was on the run for a very long time trying to hide away from Saul and people were just trying to kill him left and right. And so he goes to this town called Gath and they say, hey, isn't that David? The guy that they sing songs about? Like Saul's killed his thousands, David's killed his tens of thousands. And, and David's like, oh no, they recognized me. Oh, it's gonna get back and then they're gonna kill me. And so what does he do? He pretends to be insane. It's hilarious. It says that he's like scratching at the doorpost. Like, ah, 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 ah. 
and he's salivating in his beard, which would have been a really, really awful thing to do. Your beard in those times was a very important thing. So for saliva to be running down your beard, like foaming at the mouth, he's like, I'm crazy, look at me. You know, and the king is like, who is this dude? This is not David. The guy, who's in, the, the guy who's killed tens of thousands, who's led armies, get out of town. This ain't no David. And so they just move on from him. And he was like, woo, that was a close one. <laughs> David's out of there. It's such a weird story. But David lied about being absolutely insane. One of the most egregious lies in the Bible, I think, uh, and, and if, if you've read this passage in the Bible, I think you would agree, is Jesus is talking to Peter right before he's gonna go be crucified. And he says to Peter, before the rooster crows, you're gonna deny me three times. Peter says, absolutely not. You have no idea what you're talking about, Jesus, son of God, right? He's arguing with Jesus. It's always funny when people argue with God, it's hilarious. So uh, Peter's arguing, he's saying, no, I'm not. Jesus is like, yeah, you are. He's like, no, I'm not, okay. And so anyway, finally, Peter goes on as Jesus is about to be crucified. He's, all these people are gathering around, there's riots happening, like, hey, He's one of his disciples, that's Peter, it's one of his disciples right here. He's like, no, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know this man, I've never seen this man before. I have no clue who you're talking about. Happens two more times, and right when the rooster crows, one of the uh, passages in the gospel says, Jesus turns and looks right at Peter, right when the rooster crows. Could you imagine having lied three times about your best friend, about Jesus? You've walked with him for three years, you've seen all the miracles, and yet, Right when things get tough, Peter said, no, I don't know what you're talking about. Lies three times, one, two, three, and Jesus stares right at it. Through his soul, you have to feel that one, right? That's an awful lie. And he felt terrible about it. And Jesus and him had to have a little powwow after he was raised to figure that one out. So, but there's lots of lying throughout the Bible, and there's times when it seems acceptable to lie, though, right? Where it makes sense that we would lie, maybe to protect a child's innocence, like the birds and the bees, all right? Maybe not appropriate for a five-year-old, okay? Like we're not gonna tell you exactly how babies are made and all that stuff, all right? Or maybe German believers, Christians and Catholics that were hiding, just like Rahab hiding the spies. Christian believers and Catholic believers in Germany during World War II were hiding Jews inside of their homes. And if a Nazi was knocking on your door and you knew that they were about to kill the person that you were trying to protect, what would you do, right? And so it's difficult because actually people and moralists and theologians for the last 1,500 years really have been debating whether that is moral or not, whether it is a sin or not to actually lie about something to protect somebody else's life. You see it throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament, but here's the deal. At the end of the day, I don't wanna debate that. What I do know for a fact is that the Bible wholly condemns lying. We can agree on that. The Bible does not look favorably upon lying at all. And so as Christians, we should value truth, amen. So John 14, six, Jesus said to him, I am the way and the what? The truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. What is Jesus doing here in this moment? He is identifying himself as the truth. He's not saying, I am a part of the truth. I have the truth. He said, no, no, I am the truth. That's good news, right? Jesus says, I am the actual truth. You cannot get to God aside from the truth that I am. And then Jesus identifies the liar. It's actually in John 8, 44. He's talking about 
Satan, the devil here, come on, he was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there was no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language. Wow. But he is a liar, or for he is a liar, and the father of lies. So what do we see here? Jesus identifies himself as I am the truth. He identifies Satan as the father of lies. He is the lie, the liar. And then he says lying is the devil's native language. So let's put it all together now. When you lie, you are speaking the devil's language. Wow. That's a tough one to hear, right? When I lie, I'm actually speaking the language of Satan and his demons, right? Because he is the father of all lies. When you say you were late, but really, you say it was your kids, but really it was your cappuccino at Starbucks. You're like, that's why you were late, but you didn't wanna, you didn't wanna make it seem like you were late getting a Starbucks coffee, so you say, oh, sorry, it was the kids, you know what I mean? Like, oh, you know them. When you kick that golf ball out from behind the tree, Larry, I'm just kidding. Hey, whoa, no, I'm just kidding. He would never do that. I might have a time or two, all right? Oh, my goodness. When you use someone else's paper as your own, college, high school students, oh, my goodness. When your wife says she only needs one thing from Target, you are speaking the devil's language because you are lying. I know you're going to go in there and get 12 things. Mm, that is a lie. And we laugh because it's the things that we do. We laugh, and we don't always take lying seriously, but it's a real serious offense. The Bible says that all sins are created equal, basically, right? There's no sin that's greater or less than another sin. And yet, we don't really treat lying uh, as very important at all for some reason. God seems to think it's pretty important. Let me show you. Proverbs 12, 22, the Lord detests lying lips but he delights in those who tell the truth. He detests lying lips. So God seems to take that pretty seriously. Lying's one of the hardest things to overcome, right? Because it seems like we all do it. Uh, let me just take a poll real quick. How many of you feel like you have probably told a lie in the last 24 hours? Can you just raise your hand? Just be honest, guys, come on. You feel like you told a lie in the last 24 hours? At some point, it might be small, might be big. Y'all be like, mm, Pastor, okay, he saw it. Okay, I just don't want everyone else to see it. If you didn't raise your hand, chances are you just lied. So now we can all raise our hands in faith that we have all lied. The, actually, the studies say, uh, the most recent one anyway, is that most people lie around three to four times a day. Isn't that interesting? You probably don't even realize that you are doing it anymore because it's become so ingrained and so accepted in our culture that we just do it without even thinking about it, right? Like me going for a late night snack, and what was that? Oh, nothing. You wouldn't even think twice about that. You probably wouldn't even remember what the lie was that you did in the last 24 hours because you're so used to doing it. So God takes it very seriously, but, but we seem to not, and they might start real small, but like any other sin, what happens? It grows. Like any other sin, it, it, eventually you start telling lies to cover other lies. And then those lies get bigger, and then now you tell this lie to somebody else, and now you're having trouble keeping up with the lies that you told this person and this person, and they seem small at first, but then people are starting to notice, like, well, you told me this, and you told them this, and like, why did you even do that? And now trust is starting to erode in your personal, interpersonal relationships with friends, with your boss at work. You might have lied about a report that you turned in when you really didn't, now you're running to go do it. Like you might, whatever it might be, with your significant other, with your spouse, the trust starts 
to a road and then maybe eventually if it gets really bad, you start to keep really, really big secrets from your significant other and it can really damage your relationship down the road. But this is what I wanna encourage you with. It's not gonna sound very encouraging, but I'm gonna say it. Luke 8, 17, for nothing is hidden that will not be made manifest, nor anything secret that will not be known and come to light. Let me just put it plainly. If you are keeping secrets, they will come to light. They will. By either you or by God. Now, you get to decide how this goes, right? You can choose to come clean and say, hey, you know, I've had these things that I've been holding on to, these lies that I've been telling, this lie that I've been living for a long time. Now, you can make that choice to come clean with it or you're gonna let God do it for you. Which one would you rather have? I think I would rather come clean and find healing and ask for forgiveness from my father instead of letting this thing come about. And let me tell you, it's way, way worse. I, I don't know about you, but if you've had kids before, you've probably had, maybe you remember when you were a kid, when your child does something wrong, and you know that they did something wrong, but they don't know that you know that they did something wrong, right? And you say, hey, listen, uh, I just need you to tell me the truth. I just need you to tell me the truth. Uh, Oakland, listen, man, if you would just be honest with me, son, then this is gonna go a lot better for you. But if you tell me a lie, then it's gonna be a lot worse. Amen, parents, come on, you know what I'm talking about. If you would just tell me what happened, tell me the truth and we can work this out. We can figure out what's going on. But if you lie to me, that punishment is gonna be way, way worse. And I think, unfortunately, that's how it is even as adults too, for some reason we don't learn that lesson when we're children, we still lie as adults and we forget that the punishment is eventually going to be worse for us, the consequences will be worse for us if we don't come clean with those things. Here's the deal, Satan's plan is to get you to live a lie. That's all he wants you to do. He doesn't want you to live in the truth, why? Because Jesus is the truth and Satan is the father of lies. He wants you to live in a state of perpetual lying eventually to the point where your entire life is now a lie. You might be acting like Mr. Christian in front of your girlfriend, right? In front of your wife, in front of your fiance, right? But really, when you're at home or when you're by yourself, you're a raging porn addict and you're really struggling with that. And you barely even feel like you know who God is. Ladies, you might feel like you have to have this perfect persona. You have this amazing Instagram profile. Maybe you got a TikTok now and you got some followers, you think you're all that in a bag of chips, all right? I don't know. And you have this great, everything's perfectly lit. You do all the filters to make yourself look amazing. And everyone thinks that you have it all together, but really at the end of the day, you're not the perfect mom, you're not the perfect daughter, you're not the perfect student, whatever it might be, you're actually really depressed and you're alone. You're feeling scared, you're feeling fear by yourself, whatever that might be. But you feel like you have to have this persona of everything's put together, but you're living a lie. Maybe you, you say that your marriage is fine. Oh, we're good, we're doing great, everything's fine. Yeah, yeah, we're blessed and highly favored. Come on now, like holding hands in church and everything, walking around. But really at home, you're sleeping in separate beds and you're fighting every day. You're living a lie. 
And now I'm not saying that you have to just completely come out and tell everybody all your stuff, all right? That's not what I'm saying. There, there's certain contacts and certain relationships. That's why small groups, rad groups that we have are really important, amen? Come on, you need to get in a group with somebody and some people that can lift you up and encourage you. Those people that you can uh, confess those things to and tell, hey, I'm going through this. I'm having a problem. I'm struggling right now. That's what we're here for. That's what pastors are here for. Our staff is here for. We want you to be able to talk to us about those kinds of things. And you need people in your life aside from us that you can even talk to about those things. That's why we have each other, amen? But you're calling yourself a Christian and maybe you don't even love God. Like you're here at church today and, and this is actually a part of you living the lie. How many of you know that there's many people that come to church on a regular basis that don't really know or love God? And they're here just because it's what they've always done or they're here because their spouse is here. They're here because for all kinds of reasons that we make up in our heads and then really when we go home and we live the rest of our week, what happens here doesn't affect anything else of the other six days that we have. And how sad is that? How sad of an existence is that that we would live those kind of double lives and we would live those lies? If I can have Sadie come on up, we're gonna close here in just a minute. And the problem with lying is when you lie to yourself for so long and when you lie to other people for so long, what happens is it eventually becomes your reality. And you start to, even the way that our brains work is that if you tell a lie so many times in your brain, it actually will become truth. To the point where you don't even remember what actually happened. All you remember is the lie that you've told for so long. What is that? That's deception. What is that? That's from Satan. And I don't want any of us to get to that point. And if I can just be really, really honest with you guys, I know it got a, little, got a little serious here, but I think it's very important that we take this seriously because God takes it seriously. We can joke about the late night snacking and the silly things and everything, but really, I think we all know that lying is something that many of us struggle with, but we don't really give it the same weight as other sins, right? We think, oh, it's just it's a little, little tiny thing, right? But that thing can grow and it can become a real problem in your personal relationships with your spouse, with a boyfriend or girlfriend, at work, with friendships, all these kinds of things. But that was me, right? I, for, for a while, if I'm being honest, um, I was one of those people that was going to church, but they didn't really love God in that moment. I was kind of doing my own thing. I, I knew God and had a relationship with him, but I was kind of that prodigal son, right? That was running away from my calling. I was running away from what God wanted from me. I was in a bad relationship, and I've told this story before, I was in a really bad relationship, and, and I was telling myself lies in my own head, saying, you know what, uh, uh, we're gonna get married, right, so this is okay. You all know what I'm talking about, come on. We're gonna get married, right, so like, everything's fine, everything's fine. It wasn't fine. And how many of us tell ourselves lies like that and we stay stuck in bondage and stuck in sin because Satan has your ear and now it's not even Satan in your ear, you are telling yourself the lie in your other ear. And I don't want anybody to get to the point where you're coming to church and you feel like you're living this double life where what happens here is not affecting you outside. When you leave this place, you should be changed. When you leave this place, you should be filled up and equipped to live the life that God has for you the other six days of the week, right? And when we come here and we worship, we lift our hands and we praise God, it's not even necessarily so that we can get filled up again so that we can recharge our batteries and go out throughout the week, right? 
why do we come to church? It's because we love God and we've been worshiping him throughout the week. And now we want to gather together as a family, a body of believers to say, hey, wow, God, look what you've done this week. This has been amazing. Let's worship. Let's lift up the name of Jesus together, right? And yet so many of us just come into church on a Sunday morning expecting this to be our spiritual shot, steroid shot or whatever that's going to get us through the next six days. And I don't want anybody to be like that. I don't want anyone to feel like that. I was going to church in this bad relationship and you know what I ended up having to do is God finally got a hold of my heart. It was about six to eight months where I was really just going away from God. I had to really grip my heart and had to ask God for forgiveness. And part of that forgiveness was cutting off that relationship with that person. It was one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life. Cried for weeks, been with this girl for years. Cried for such a long time, but I knew it was the right thing that I had to do in order to reestablish my connection with the Father so that I could live out the destiny that God had for me. I had to ask God for forgiveness, and that's why we confess our sins to God, right, is for forgiveness. And the Bible says it right here in 1 John 1, 9. I mentioned it earlier, as a matter of fact. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Isn't that incredible? What a great word right there. If you confess your sins to God, he will forgive you. He's not withholding his forgiveness from you. He's not mad at you, right? Like God just wants that relationship with you. And he wants you to live your best life with him, not the life that you think is best on your own. He will purify you from the inside out. He will cleanse your mind and help you to take captive all of those thoughts, all of the lies that you believe, all the lies that have been told over you, all the lies that Satan has been speaking into your ear. And so I had to do that. I had to go and confess to God. But then the, the second thing I did is I had to talk to my pastor at the time and I, ha I had to confess to him. And I said, hey, pastor, I'm really struggling with this. I'm dealing with this thing and, and it's been really, really hard. And we had a great conversation and, and I found a lot of healing in that moment. My life was forever changed. I never went back to living that way. And I can tell you, standing up here today, that my mind is completely purified and God has trained me and taught me how to take captive certain thoughts. It's an incredible thing when David said, renew in me uh, my spirit, create in me a clean heart, oh God. Like renew my spirit, cleanse my mind, right? We've talked about that in week one of this series of red flags, how there's red flags in you that you need to take care of. We always focus on other people. Let's look at ourselves. Let's look inwardly at ourselves. Say, how can I take care of what's going on within me? And so we confess to one another, and what do you find then? You find healing. James 5, 16, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Maybe some of y'all are in here today and you struggle with those little white lies, right? Or you struggle with those little things and it might be something that you're realizing the Holy Spirit's working on you right now and you're saying, hey, actually, I didn't even realize that I was struggling with this, but I think I do. Maybe that's you. Maybe you know though that you've been living a double life or you've been living a lie in some way, shape or form. I don't know what that is. How does that feel? It feels pretty trashy, right? It doesn't feel great. There's so much guilt, shame, depression, fear. Somebody's gonna find out, whatever that might be. 
I don't know what that is for you or what that is for me or maybe someone you're watching this later and that's you. How does that feel? And how would you feel today if you were completely free from the lies that you've been telling yourself, the lies that you've been telling others, the lies that Satan has been telling you? How would you feel? I think you would feel a sense of freedom, amen? I would love that feeling for every single one of you, every single day that we could live free from sin, free from the lies, free from the enemy. And that's what Jesus came and died for, amen, right? Like he didn't come down and die so that we could stay in bondage. Jesus came down and died on the cross so that you could live an abundant life, amen. That is the good news of the gospel of Jesus, that he didn't come down and we're still stuck doing the same things over and over and over again. We don't have to deal with these same sins. We can move past those things, give them to God, ask for forgiveness, talk to somebody in our life and find healing in that way, and then move on. That's amazing. I want that freedom for each and every one of you. Devil wants you to stay in bondage, but Jesus wants you to be free. John 8, 32, this is the best verse. You will know the truth, and the truth will set you, come on, somebody say it, free. Who wants to be free in the house of God today? I certainly want to be free. I want to know the truth. Who is the truth? His name is Jesus. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me, is what Jesus said. So if you will know the truth, the truth will set you free. Let's just replace truth with Jesus, right? Because he is the truth. You will know Jesus, and Jesus will set you free. Come on. Isn't that good news today? I'm telling you, lies bring bondage. Truth brings freedom, and truth is a person. His name is Jesus. Come on, can everybody stand up in this place today? I want to pray for each and every one of you. that might be dealing with this sin of lying. Maybe you haven't really taken it very seriously before. Maybe this is the first message you've ever heard about lying. It's odd, but we don't really talk about it that much in church. We wanna talk about the big sins, right, that everyone's talking about, but yet we ignore the little ones that no one cares about, right? The Bible takes lying very seriously. I could show you so many other passages, but just had time for those today. But I encourage you, Let's live our lives in truth. The word says that the Holy Spirit, we talked about this uh, about two months ago. Jesus said the Holy Spirit's gonna come, I'm gonna leave, the Holy Spirit's gonna come and he's gonna lead you in, uh, in spirit and in truth. Truth and righteousness, truth. Everything goes back to truth. There is absolute truth in this world. In a world that says that your truth is fine and my truth is fine and their truth is okay and we can all disagree on these different truths on what the world looks like and how everything works. Listen, you can be sure that there is one thing that is always, always true and that is that God loves you, amen? That God is real, that he cares for you, that he loves you and he wants you to have a relationship with him. Would everybody bow your heads and close your eyes today? Father, I thank you for every person that's here in this place. There's somebody here today that is recognizing that they're in need of a savior. There's somebody today that's recognizing that they've been living a lie for too long. It's been hurting their relationships. It's been hurting their job. It's been hurting in their friendships and it's hurting them ultimately, God. 
And so, Lord, I pray right now, if there's somebody here today that says, hey, I want to be free. I want to have freedom. I don't want to live a double life. I, I just don't want to lie anymore. I, maybe I struggle with this in, in my relationship with my wife or my husband or people around me. God, I pray right now, if that's those people that are here today, you know who they are, Lord. They, they've acknowledged it in their hearts right now, I believe, by the power of your Holy Spirit. They know who they are. Father God, would you help them right now to overcome this sin of lying? And it's by your power, Jesus, that, that we know the truth. And ultimately, if we just knew who you were more, Jesus, if we trusted you more, if we, if we would stay closer to your heart, Lord, I believe that you would start to cleanse our minds and cleanse our hearts of all unrighteousness, which is what your word says. And those lies would naturally start to fall away because we know the truth, and that is you, Jesus. So the second thing, Lord, today, there's somebody here that needs to give their life to you. You know who they are, Father, and I just am so grateful that there's somebody here today that's saying yes to you. And I wanna ask you here today with your heads bowed and eyes closed still, if that is you and you say, hey, maybe I have been living a double life, Pastor. I've been lying to myself. I'm not okay with God. I'm not good in my relationship with the Lord and I, I need to get right with him today. Or maybe I've been going away for a long time. Maybe you have never said yes to Jesus before. Let me tell you who Jesus is. He's the son of God who came to this earth to die for you and for me. His blood was shed on the cross for your sins and for mine because we are messed up people inherently, but God makes us clean when we say yes to him. And so if you wanna be made clean today, be made righteous before God, and you wanna have a relationship with the God who loves you, I just encourage you, would you just raise your hand up in me right now? I just wanna see you in this place. Come on, I see you, I see you. Is there anybody else? Is there anybody else here today that wants to say yes to Jesus today? Come on, amen. Let's pray this prayer together all out loud so that we can encourage those who are making that decision. Say, Jesus, I give my life to you. You are the way, you are the truth, and you are the life. Help me to walk in truth by your Holy Spirit. I give myself to you. I make you Lord of my life. In Jesus' name. Come on, everybody, give a big hearty amen. Amen. Let's put our hands together for Jesus today. Come on. Hey, uh, I want to go ahead. If you want to get baptized, maybe today you made that decision to follow Jesus, whether you raised your hand or not. I don't know if that's you. Um, I would love, love, love for you to get baptized today, guys. You, you don't have to sign up. We have a, a, a T-shirt. We have shorts. We have a towel for you, and we will all be there to celebrate with you. We'll get pictures, all that stuff. So if you want to get baptized, Rachel is right there in the back. Rachel, wave your hand. There she is. Go see Rachel, and she will hook you up. Uh, we're going to go see some people get baptized and take their next step in their faith. Come on. Let's give one more hand clap for Jesus today. Thank you for being here. We'll see you next week. God bless you.